Hey there, everybody. This is Danny, and you're about to hear a brand new episode of Sadie Hawkins Pod. But before that happens, you probably all heard the news the day that this episode comes out that Reliant K is opening for MXPX at the Hollywood Palladium on January 6th. Well, in the episode you're about to hear, which was recorded the night before that news, I was dealing with DMs that seemed to hint at that 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 news was coming. I had no idea it would come out the same day I was editing the episode. Uh, so you will hear me kind of struggling to guess, is Reliant K playing with MXPX sometime in the new year? The answer was yes. So let's all come together and listen to past Danny not know what I, the smarter Danny, future Danny knows, as we discuss the song. No, uh, the bed, the bed horse is a betting horse. Oh, hello there. Oh, wow. It's me, British Teeson. <laughs> British Teeson just coming in hot. I'm back. I'm back here from the Louvre. <laughs> I'm back from the Louvre. <laughs> and I'm here to say, you're going to be doing one of our punkiest songs. <laughs> so what, you just went to go see, like, the pop skipped across. Just skipped across the pond. <laughs> And I heard you doing one of our most, one of our most punkish songs. I su- suppose that is true. So, good for you. Good for you. Oh, la da oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just left. He just walked out the door. British Tisa just showed up and then he just walked right out the door. Well, that's pretty much how all of our guests happen i know cooper he'll be back one day don't oh you gotta shut that baby up <laughs> hey don't you talk about my son that way Hawkins pod. Hello, everyone. Uh, we got a little hiccupy baby over here. If you hear that, if you got headphones on, it's the soundtrack to our lives. It's a beautiful sound, sound of our hiccuping child. Yes, I don't know what I'm saying. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so we're back. We're back again. And uh, how you who's doing? Back. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Cooper's back. He's here, and he's great. And we're talking about Reliant K. So, <laughs> how you doing? How you doing after the big, the big hurricane, Jessica? Oh yeah. This episode only a week late, only a full week late. How's well, it going? We were gonna get it out a day earlier, and then our power went out. So there we were was gonna that. record it the night of Hurricane Hillary. Yeah, I think it was. Was it not just a tropical storm by the time it? Whatever. It LA? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever it's called, Hurricane Hillary. Um, and it, the power went out. Yeah. Right when we were getting, you know, right when we were getting ready. It's not like we put this off day after day now because of the boy and he makes us so tired. I swear right then. Oh, it would have been out on time. It would have been out on time to be late. I swear you'll get your episodes eventually. (laughs) They might be a week late, but they'll happen at some point. Exactly. Well, we're here, and then there was an earthquake. 
Yeah. There was a 5.0 in Ojai. Troublesome. Then, yeah. In Ojai, O-H-O-O. That is not how you spell Ojai. Here we go. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was like a 5.0 and totally rocked us uh, all the way over here in L.A. So there's that. Yep. And that's what we've been up to. That's the only thing we've been up to since the two and a half weeks since we last <laughs> put out a free episode. We're just hitting, sitting here in the baby cave, just chilling. I go to my stressful job. I come home to my perfect baby son. And then Jessica's all stressed out because he's been puking and crying all day. And I and also go to my attention. full-time job that happens to... Your full-time job, which is sitting on the computer playing video games or whatever you do. What?! That is not what I, I do. I come home and I see you with headphones on, j- rocking out, playing Baldur's Gate 3 or whatever. In- incorrect. You're an editor, so you're at home. You're working on the computer. Well, anyway, I love you. So we have a voicemail. Nice. You want to hear this voicemail? I sure do. Uh, this is Crawford Ping Pong. Please kindly get back to us. Oh, this is the this is the Chinese restaurant that we ordered from a couple months ago, uh. calling to say that the piggy buns were out. Never mind. Why did they call the Sadie Hawkins? They didn't. Pod I was logged into the wrong voicemail. Oh. <laughs> so we have okay. So we have two voicemails, and then we have a third voicemail. So we have three voicemails. Okay. But two of them are calling the voicemail line, and one's like an email voicemail that I'll talk about. That'll lead into the thing. Oh, and exciting, because this is our last mm-hmm episode. That's right. Are you ready to close out not only just another album of Reliant K discussion, but the album of Reliant K? Mm-hmm. How many of you are going to stop listening after this? <laughs> now people can just go and listen to all our mm-hmm episodes in album sequence and sure. then unsubscribe. That would be interesting to hear, because we've done them all throughout the years so so speaking of ohi ohi is for lovers because Allie's calling to talk about the ohio is for lovers festival they should just move that festival here to ohi because they had an earthquake and that would pick up their spirits <laughs> <laughs> this is the highest level my brain functions right now hey guys it's Allie. i wanted to follow up on my last message about the um, Ohio is for Lovers Festival. They all mentioned about handing out stickers and like advertising on their webpage. You're, it says you're not allowed to bring stickers in. So please don't waste your beautiful stickers um, and give them to us just for them to be confiscated and probably thrown away. Because <laughs> I definitely thought about that actually before you even mentioned it. And it says on the website you can't bring stickers in. So that's the warning. Um, you might want to check other festival rules and see if that's the case. But just wanted to give you that message. <laughs> Bye. Oh, come on. Stickers are so easy to sneak in. Snicker, Snickers fit inside. <laughs> Snickers fit around your private parts and your pants so Jimmy. easily. I mean, anybody. You want to sne- sneak, sneak a sticker, sneak a sticker in. You put it like, you know, you just tape them to your butt or something. What are they going to do? Feel up your butt. Be like, you got stickers in there. Don't bring those in. This is what I'm asking people to do. Allie doesn't have to do this. But anyone else, 
If you're going to one of the festivals that Reliant K is playing and they don't allow stickers, we'll send them to you. We'll send you a roll of scotch tape, packing tape. We'll send you a roll of packing or mailing tape. You tape them to your butt. Make sure you put them on the good side, on the non, you know, put them, you know, I had to send you an envelope and some paper. what? You don't want to put the tape on the stickers and ruin the stickers. So I'll send you an envelope, some stickers, and some packing tape. You tape them to your glutinous maximus. You put on your pants. You go to the bathroom. You take them off. You take the stickers out. You start handing them out to people. You know they have security once you get inside as well, right? I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true of, like, every festival. Well, we must have some security guards for these festivals listening to us. We're such a far-reaching podcast. <laughs> so come on, some of you cool security guards out there must be ready to help us out. Help us, how about help out Sadie's Hawkins pod? Nobody called up. Nobody reached out and said, hey, I'll get some free stickers to uh, hand out at the shows that I'm going to. Nobody wants them, Danny. <laughs> nobody wants nobody wants our stickers <laughs> especially not once i say weird things like tape them to your ass and carry them into a concert <laughs> well also so coincidentally so this was a couple days ago that ali called to remind us well this is a while ago this is actually many days ago it was like two weeks ago ali called to say like don't just hand stickers to people who are going to the concerts this the festivals this year but then Allie, like today sent me a message and i just want to talk about this in a vague way because i could not find the proof but today on today in the last day or two relying k just posted some mxpx lyrics to their facebook page they just posted some mxpx lyrics okay and everyone's like what's going on are you doing something with mxpx now they're playing furnace fest together mm-hmm. and they can and relying k came up with that little furnace fest video where Dave said yeah. MXPX is the band I'm most looking forward to. So maybe they're just on a little MXPX high. Yeah. But they then have, MXPX has a new album. MXPX has a new album coming out next week. So there's the so maybe that's just everyone's excited about the new MXPX album. But then someone in the comments was like, "Got my tickets for next year or got my airplane tickets for next year. Can't wait." And I'm like, "What?" And it's like, you got, you have to go listen to that podcast. And I'm like, what podcast? And Allie's, well, Allie's like, what podcast? And I'm like, I don't know. Mike Carrera has a podcast. Then I found out, excuse me, that Mike Carrera and Tom Wisniewski were on uh, Tony, Tony Morse's podcast from H2O. And I scrubbed through the whole thing and I couldn't find where they talked about playing with Reliant K next year. But there's, I guess, a possibility that that might be happening. There's rumors happening. If you believe this one Wait, comment. But what if they just meant they have their tickets for a show for MXPX next year? Well, MXPX doesn't seem to have a show booked for next year yet. Okay. It seems like maybe MXPX and Reliant K are planning something. But it's a very, very vague whisper. But I just want to mention it in case something happens. They'd be like, how did you not know, Danny? You have an MXPX account and you have a Reliant K podcast? Right. Well, I didn't know. So I'm just throwing it out there. Does anybody know? Can anybody so panic with a K revival tour? <laughs> yeah, it could be panic, panic with two Ks, and then the third time they do it, it'll be say, panic nope. with three Ks. Wait. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. We'll see. You know, I have open DMs with with everybody. I have open DMs with Main Relying K. I have open DMs with Mike Herrera and Tom Wisniewski. Maybe I could just write them directly and be like, hey. 
I got a Reliant K podcast. It's the reason I never pay attention to my MXPX account anymore. I feel like that's a way, a good way to get <laughs> closed DMs blocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, that was also big news for us in the last two weeks. We had a new collab dropped. That's how I pronounce it, collab. Right. Remember that? Collab. Collab. Uh-huh. And Reliant K posted a post of ours. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> so... Whenever you see on Instagram, when something's like joint posted between two accounts, I didn't know how that worked. I didn't know if like the two accounts need to like share posting. Well, what happened was I started getting little dings on my phone and then I'm like, huh, we must have got some, someone got attention to one of our accounts, to our Instagram account. And I go and it says Relying K wants to co-post a post with you. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And it's this meme I made where a car had a car had crashed into a store called Learn to Drive, like a like you saw the mm-hmm. you saw the yeah. meme, right? And in real life, a car had crashed into a driving school, and it said Learn to Drive. Hilarious. Then somebody mentioned to us like, "Oh, this is the new cover of Two Lefts." So I actually mocked it up, and then Reliant K posted it, and they joint po- posted it with us. We got a whole bunch of new listeners who are going to find out that we're not Christian enough. Very exciting. Welcome or, or to... just that they're going to hear this much of the podcast and turn it off. <laughs> well, that was exciting. Wasn't that exciting, Jessica? Super exciting. Where were you when you found out that Reliant K had co-posted a post with us? Working. <laughs> Playing video games. That's not what I was doing. Playing Baldur's Gate 3. I mean, I have been playing Baldur's Gate 3, but like yesterday on Sunday before the... the, the so on Sunday? The... We truly are Christian enough. You're playing evil Dungeons and Dragons games on before the day, the on the Sabbath. <laughs> well, then we got another voicemail here, and this is from an old friend calling back for the first time in a while. Hi, Danny and Jeff. This is your old pal, David calling in because you guys finally got to my favorite song from my favorite album oh also cooper what's up dude welcome to life anyways i just wanted to say thanks for um continuing the show i'm still enjoying it and um i'm I'm glad you guys are doing well yeah that's it i just wanted to drop by say hello and welcome to life cooper hope you enjoy it man all right bye that's nice. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, Long we have time re- no here, got, David, got to catch them all. <laughs> yeah. I know he's still around because I see him like stuff. But yeah, he has not, He used to leave us a ton of voicemails. There's lots of people who leave a lot of voicemails like in big long, in bursts for like weeks. And then they kind of like burn. They burn fast and they burn out slow. What's that phrase? Uh, br- something br- being bright. B- burn bright, burn out fast. What's that phrase? Call up. Everyone, whoever used to call us all the time, call up and remind me what that phrase is. If only there was some sort of, like, uh, international web of information that was accessible by everybody. Well, then we got this other voicemail, and this voicemail actually goes back to May. Oh, my gosh. And it's going to tie into the song that we picked this week. Wait, is that why you've been holding off or just no. what happened? Well, because by May, we were entering the third tri- trimester, right? Weren't we entering the third trimester in May? Yes. Because, yeah, he was born in June. Yeah. And so yes. 
<laughs> well, he was going to be born in July. Right. So we were in the third trimester. So that's when things were really picking up. I think that's when we announced it to the public at large, like not just our family and friends, like we mentioned it here on the podcast. So I think things just got really busy. So the podcast was constantly coming out later and later. <laughs> well, obviously we're past that problem now. But then I think we just never got around to this voicemail. And then I was like, oh, this is related to mm-hmm. So I'll wait until we do the next mm-hmm song. I didn't know at the time we only had one mm-hmm song left. So there's that. But this is Serial Streams called up. And I had listened to what Serial Streams sent. Um, let me find the voicemail first. So this is Logan, a.k.a. Serial Streams on social media. And back in May, he sent us this voicemail along with audio sort of showing what he was talking about. So I'll play the voicemail. Hello, Sadie Hawkins Pod. Danny, Jess, and April. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great day today. Cooper wasn't even around when this voicemail was sent. (laughs) This is Logan calling, a.k.a. Serial Streams on Twitter. So I just recently listened to both parts of the Be My Escape episode, and I was kind of surprised that you didn't mention how differently the song is mixed on the vinyl release of Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's just pressing that I have, but I noticed that the mix, it just kind of sounds dull in general. And when I compared it to the versions that are on streaming, it seems like they really lowered the mid-range, almost to the point where you can hardly hear the piano arpeggios during the chorus, which honestly is like one of my favorite parts of that song. One other weird thing that I noticed is that there are some added harmonies to the second chorus. I'm not entirely sure why those would be there on the vinyl pressing and like nowhere else. <laughs> kind of weird. I thought it might have been a change they made with mm-hmm 10, but I listened to both versions on Spotify and they sound identical. So that's definitely not the case. But I prefer those streaming versions a lot more and I kind of wish they had put those on the vinyl instead. But whatever. Anyways. I was just curious if you guys noticed those changes, if they are on your copies of the vinyl as well. Attach both versions to this email so you can play both and compare for yourselves. Uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I listen to you guys most every day at my full-time job. and You always help to pass the time, and uh, you make me laugh out loud on several occasions. So, still catching up with episodes, like I said. I've just finished parts one and two of Be My Escape, so I'm a ways back. I think I'm probably like halfway through the podcast at this point. Anyway... Keep up the good work, guys, and I'll uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Well, after three months, I assume you're all caught up now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you. So I couldn't remember because when Logan sent this voicemail back on May 21st and attached the different versions of the song that he noticed, I listened a little bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they sound different. But then when I went back and checked now for the first time in three months, I'm like, oh, yeah. It's obvious that the mix on the vinyl that mm-hmm. at least Serial Streams owns is different from the version that's out there everywhere. You have been sitting on this voicemail for like three months and you didn't, because I don't know, I don't know, I don't listen to the voicemails ahead of time. So you did not in all this time check our vinyl. No, <laughs> I didn't check Damn our vinyl Larry, to see. We're going to pause and you're going to go check the vinyl. I don't want to go check. Well, before I check, okay, we'll pause and I'll go check our vinyl as well. But before we do that, let's listen to these examples. So uh, he mentioned the second chorus, and that is where it is absolutely clearest. So here's Be My Escape, as everybody knows it, on streaming, and I assume also on CD. So that's the song that we know of. That we know and love. Yep. 
from uh, that everyone's heard. Here's the rip that Logan made from his vinyl. And pay attention to the harmony that's coming in underneath Tyson's main vocals during the chorus. Did you notice that? Ah, that's the second yeah. Tyson underneath, layered underneath the main Tyson. And the mix of that harmony, I think the harmony is actually there in the regular version, but it is mixed way lower in the version that we all know. And that here on this vinyl, like, it's very separate. Like, you can really hear this second Tyson really up in the mix. Right. So I do, I, I, so the first, like I said, back in May, I listened to these comparison versions that Logan attached. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe it's just the vinyl. Maybe it just sounds a little bit different because it's a ripped vinyl. But when I listen to it with big headphones, I'm sure this isn't coming through. If you're just, I mean, I'm listening. We're listening to it on the Bluetooth in the room. And if you're listening to this over a speaker, you might not be able to tell. But I would say, like, put on big headphones and listen to those two differences. They are very different. And here's my theory on why this is possible. I would like to know which version of the vinyl Logan has, and I'll have to message him to ask because. The, the the history of the mm-hmm vinyl is that it was the first record of of Reliant K's pressed to full length vinyl in two thousand and six, like before the big vinyl boom of today. Right, like this is something I'd already noticed before on Discogs. When you go to Discogs and you look at the history of mm-hmm being released on vinyl, the first one released was in 2006 and then we confirmed that with brad moist of goatee records when he came on the podcast they explained he explained how they did the vine the original vinyl countdown pressing in 2005 and then they were like this is so successful let's release their biggest album on vinyl and it'll sell out just as fast and then it didn't sell out just as fast because no one was ready for like not as many people were ready to buy full-length albums on vinyl yet i'm wondering if the mix on that vinyl got pressed incorrectly or any other pressing they just kind of accidentally sent the wrong mix to the pressing plant so yeah i'll have to go listen to our vinyl and see is this how it sa- is this how it sounds on our vinyl but it does seem to me that there's a slightly different mix of be my escape it could also be like a radio mix was there a radio mix of Be My Escape? I bet you that there was. Almost yeah. everything's mixed differently for the radio. and so Totally. I mean, this is their one big radio hit. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if that was the radio mix. I know with, like, with MXPX, one of their biggest uh, attempts at a radio hit was Everything Sucks When You're Gone. And there is a radio mix and a non-radio mix. The CD has the non-radio mix. And the brand new vinyl that just came out has the single mix. Hmm. So... That's also very possible. The things are just compressed differently for the radio because things will always sound different over the radio, so they compress and mix things differently sure. for the radio. Like a lot of Blink-182 songs sound totally different when we listen to them on the radio than they do when we listen to them 
on streaming. Hmm. So anyway, I was sitting on that voicemail forever. What do you think, Jess? What do you think? Why don't you go put the vinyl on? You're not doing anything important right now. You're not doing anything busy. Should I say why? what I mean by that? <laughs> She's breastfeeding. So, is that all of our top of the show business? I guess that's all of our top of the show business. So this week we're talking about... There's nothing to beat of a dead horse, <laughs> but a good horse is a living horse. This you is a should, title that I can know never this get title straight. Because it's something that you do, that you love to do. I love beating a dead horse. You sure do. It's so sad, though, when you put it in that way. The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on Yeah, them. you're right. This is something I love to do. I love to gamble. <laughs> I was born a gambling man. <laughs> Why does Relanke have more songs where they mention horses than dogs? Good Relanque question. Relanke is a horse girl. <laughs> Although, like, because I'm like, why does Relanke hate dogs? What are they, Wes Anderson? Like, <laughs> although I realize that the horses are always dead or about to be dead. Oh, so well, why does yeah. Relanke hate horses? Why does Relanke hate horses? That's it. They're canceled. <laughs> We're leading the charge to get them canceled. <laughs> For their horse hatred. <laughs> yeah. If the church leaders couldn't get them canceled for taking Semler on tour, oh, we're no. going to get them canceled for hating horses. <laughs> well, that's far more egregious. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's actually egregious. Yes. <laughs> exactly. We love Semler, just in case this is anyone's yes. first episode. We're 100% on board with that. Anyway, and apologies she, if this is your and first she was a guest episode. on the show before yeah. long before she went on tour with them. So um, yeah, I, this is basically I, I didn't break into the lyrics. We'll talk about the horse. So we can talk about the horse thing in a minute. But this is basically a no effects song, and it's very fitting because over on Patreon we are talking about the Reliant K official pop punk we like playlist. We, uh, I recently figured out how Reliant K has official playlists on Spotify, on their Spotify profile. Just like, here's music you should check out. We did the Reliant K summer playlist, which is like, hey, if your summer's going happy, put on this playlist and bum yourself out. <laughs> here's the bummer it's playlist. It's such an indie downer. <laughs> it's, such, it's an indie downer summer for your RK summer playlist. So if that's, if those are the summertime sadness vibes you're going for, put that on. But then they had a playlist called Pop Punk We Like. And I was like, this is fitting because they're doing Furnace Fest. They're doing When We Were Young Fest. So, and hey, maybe they're doing something with MXPX soon. And I said, like, let's make sure, let's start doing this playlist on the Patreon. Well, NoFX is on that playlist. And I had no idea when we picked uh, Nothing Can Beat a Dead Horse in the race other than a dead horse. <laughs> I had no idea when we picked that song. I'm like, oh, this is a NoFX song. This is Reliant K, not literally writing, not like ripping off uh, NoFX, not ripping them off, but being like, let let us, Reliant K, write a song in the style of NoFX. And this is something that they've done before. They've written songs in the style of the Beach Boys, and I'm convinced that Jefferson Airplane is a Reliant K doing an early uh Pedro the Lion style song and to keep it on MXPX the song Screw Loose by MXPX uh, my career has said this is me trying to write a 
Black Flag song. But then, you know, you have these artists who have very singular voices and they're like, let me try to do this kind of song. It's not right. going to sound exactly like a ripoff of yeah. that. It's going to be that idea through their lens. Weird Al Yankovic said, let me write a They Might Be Giant song. It's called Everything Right Is Wrong Again. It kind of sounds like a They Might Be Giant song, but it kind of just sounds like a wacky schmacky Weird Al song. So this is really like a no effects song through the lens of Relying K. Particularly like the way it starts out with like the sort of melodic hardcore uh, thrashy section. And then when it has the slow breakdown that kind of builds back up quickly, that is a very no effects thing. I was trying to find some songs that reminded me of like Absolutely. And I couldn't quite place my finger on like oh this is the no effects song that they were based off i think it's just more like taking the no effects tropes which is like that fast punk build and then like the sort of bassy like slow not even a breakdown just kind of slow things down with just a bass thing while you sing like a very clearly defined lyrical part and then kick back in that's a very no effects style thing oh relying k a couple of times sound exactly like uh Ben Folds, I Hate Christmas Parties, is literally just Matt Teeson and Earthquakes trying to sound like Ben Folds. And there's sections of Deathbed that are just Ben Folds. But anyway, once I realized that this is kind of a NoFX song, and it's from 2004, I was like, oh. And this isn't completely out of left field to say Reliant K is influenced by NoFX. They're on No Effects is on the pop punk we like playlist, which is a recent thing because how long Spotify been around? Like about ten years. But before that, um, Tyson has that No Effects sticker on his keyboard from around two thousand four. He has it on a Cornerstone. I think he has it at the maybe at the uh, at the Evan Almighty concert. <laughs> he, has, right. he definitely he had, had it at my first show. Okay, there you go. Yeah, which he, was oh five, I think. Right. So he had that no effects sticker on his keyboard that he was playing from around the time. So it's completely makes sense that he would have been listening to a bunch of no effects and be like, I'm just going to write a song inspired by the sound inspired by all of this no effects music I've been listening to. But this is a song that I never knew what it was about at all because it's so fast and so like relatively hardcore punk and, for, short. and short. It's so hardcore punk for <clears throat> Reliant K that I never paid... You can't really tell what he's saying, so we'll have to actually break into the lyrics but and figure it out. And I saved that for the podcast. I decided not to read it ahead. But I found a live video of Tyson kind of giving not the best explanation. He kind of is... He's a little dazed and confused okay. as he's giving this um, explanation at the beginning so let me play this he kind of like starts to say what it's about and then kind of loses uh track of what he's saying but he gives enough information that i'm kind of feel like i'm not far off from what i'm thinking here so let's play tyson talking about the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one i got it right let's hear what he has to say about that from let's see what is this from it doesn't say what concert it's at. It just says it's from 14 years ago. March 12th, 2009 is when this video was uploaded. I'm home on Tuesday because I'm Canadian and I don't get to. Um, Canadian, I'm not alone. <laughs> was that your sister? <laughs> yeah. I completely forgot. 
there's these two girls standing by whoever's filming and they just have these like on on the nose trite little cutie cutesy things to say about everything he says so that adds to the flavor of this video I'm a political song one time I don't really know why I'll tell you why actually it's because the last time we were all voted for the president everybody kept writing all these songs about how I don't know some people are with certain opinions are stupid and whatever and I just thought that was kind of dumb because whatever this song's about having an opinion and, and that's okay it's not the only thing worse <laughs> what year is this? 2009 2016. 2016. no it's 2009 so let me do the math so the big the so what i'm getting at is the rock against the bush era and i'll explain that in a second that would have been 2004 because 2000 was the big hanging chad thing then you have 2001 and you have all the gung-ho uh you know the war in iraq is good oh wait the war in iraq is bad uh, don't vote for Bush. Oh, we voted for him. Two thousand four. So this is two thousand nine. So this is right before. No, 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 no. So this is a year. This is a year or two after Obama's been elected. Yeah. Okay. So he's saying. So he's saying the last time the president was voted for. Blah blah blah. But I guess what he means is the time sort of one and a half back because this would be after. How do you not even know he's not just being very liberal right there, Dan? <laughs> Because he wrote the song in 2003. Oh, 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 I see, I see. <laughs> so he's just forgetting, like, there was just an election last year for Obama, but he's referring to the second Bush election. So let's hear what he had to say one more time. Some people with certain opinions are stupid and whatever. And I just... The last time we were all voted for the president, everybody kept writing all these songs about how, I don't know, some people with certain opinions are stupid and whatever. And I just thought that was kind of dumb because whatever. <laughs> See, he just kind of loses steam about what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Some people had opinions that voting for the president was bad or whatever, and I thought that was stupid because whatever. And opinions are good, but <laughs> the song says opinions are bad. I get what he's saying. We talk about it with politics, and you know, we we have a hard time talking about politics and religion on this podcast, which is why we started a Reliant K podcast. But I think I get what he's saying. This is my theory. This song was written at the height of the Rock Against Bush era. Pop punk was rife with anti-Bush sentiment. Rightly so. But it didn't work out. Like, the pop punks of the 2000s didn't change the world. Uh, and it's I think it's a very different thing at the time. I think there was a lot more, uh, like, laissez-faire attitude. I think some of the anti-Bush sentiment, when it trickled down... Trickled down economics, when it trickled down to the young punks of, like, the Warp Tour 2000 era. They didn't know exactly what they hated about Bush. They were just like, yeah, war in Iraq is bad. He just wants the oil. Well, it wasn't really about the oil. So, like, the, 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 the teachings of that whole thing were kind of lost on the kids who were wearing the Not My President shirts. And it all seemed And then quaint. some of us were just plain old too young to vote. <laughs> yeah. So, what happened was there was the Rock Against Bush era. And, like, the, the comp, there were two volumes of it. The comps, Rock Against Bush, were, headline, were, were spearheaded by Fat Mike of NoFX. They were spearheaded by Fat Rex. So I really feel like Thiessen was maybe a little burnt out on all of the heavy political talk of punk anti-Bush at the time. And there's two ways. There's a couple of ways you can assume that that is. 
right? Maybe he really read it as you know he's Canadian and so he just doesn't care he, about American politics. That he's a little maybe he. I'm reading from what he's describing here in 2009 that he's saying he was a little politically apathetic. That he just wanted the music. He, it's not a shut up and play thing about like. You know, there's people who think, shut up and play. Don't talk about politics. I don't want to hear your worldview. Just play rockin' songs. That's a wrong point of view. If you are creating art, it's informed by your opinions. That's just natural. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, whatever you believe is right or wrong, you're going to express that in your art. So if there are bands that you like their music, but you don't like their opinions and they're expressing those opinions in their music, well, you wouldn't complain when they're expressing opinions you agree with but you're only mad when they're expressing opinions that you don't agree with i'm more thinking that maybe Tyson was a little bit burnt out on the fact that like I don't, i'm completely extrapolating i'm completely speaking for the man i have no idea if this is what he meant but i'm just seeing hearing his kind of confused explanation in 2009 about a song he wrote in 2004 and i was there going to punk shows going to warp tour going to local shows going to big shows in 2004 and seeing kids walk around wearing their not my president shirts and I'm like you're 14 you did not vote for the president you don't even know what you're talking about the bush the first the first bush election was the first election I voted in the first one not wow. the second one the first one no no and I don't mean I don't mean George H.W. Bush because that's funny this is one of those times where you're technically five years older than me because we were both born in november so like even though usually you're four years older than me uh the election happens when you're five years older than me so like that's why i could not vote in that second bush election is because i was just just missed it yeah and i just somehow i just what i was just old enough just young enough like freshly 18 freshly 18 you sure were (laughs) only four years sooner (laughs) i was 18 and i voted in the 2000 election this famous hanging chad election and then i remember all you know four years later the vitriol 2001 no i'm saying i remember in two four years later in 2004 what did i say 2001 you said 2000, the 2000 election. I remember in 2004, buddy, we're talking about the, the past, the thing we're going to be talking to you about all the time. <laughs> we're going to be talking to you about the, You're going to be so sick of us telling you about the past. So I just remember in 2004, like, it was, it, I feel like, unlike, say, 2016, I think it was a different thing. I think that the anti-Bush sentiment was kind of just like a fad. When I look back at 2004, like there was nothing that the punks were going to do because punk had become pretty commodified by that point. Like, you know, like Warp Tour and Hot Topic and all that stuff. They were selling those anti-Bush shirts. It was a fad. It was a trend. It was a t-shirt sale to be like, yeah, I'm against the president because I'm. it's 2004 and I hate Bush. Like, sure, we all hated Bush. For the most part, but it became just a cool thing to do as opposed to like, I would say by 2016, where showing your colors really was like required because like now it's seriously about like hate and stuff and see the feeling you're feeling now, the burnt out feeling you're feeling me trying to describe this. That I think is the feeling that Tyson maybe was having. He's like, okay, yeah, punk should be political, but 
Like, I'm also just kind of burnt out hearing everybody's opinions all the time. Can we just, like, get back to rockin'? It doesn't have to be Shut Up and Play. I don't think this is a Shut Up and Play song, but I do think this is a, like, trying to balance the scales a little bit and be like, there's political punk, but let's also do some other stuff and realize that we're all going to have these opinions and they're all not going to matter in a couple of years. Do you know what t-shirt I was wearing in 2004? What's that? Jesus is my homeboy. It was such a fad. <laughs> you know what was big in 2004? Pimp culture. We were just talking about that. We watched the King of the Hill episode where <laughs> Hank accidentally becomes a pimp <laughs> through a sequence of hilarious circumstances. And I was like, yeah, pimp culture was big in 2004. Pimp My Ride and, like, you know, Snoop Doggy Dog, who's in the episode of King of the Hill playing the voice of a white guy, which is, like, the joke. But his whole persona was pimp persona, and he was big in the mid-2000s. He was big in the 90s, but he was kind of bigger in the mid-2000s. Pimp culture was huge. So, really, Teeson should have wrote a song about how pimps pimps are the best. Stop enjoying our boy and listen to me talk circuitously about politics from 2004 do you remember was that all that was you you finished that are you ready to move on to your next point (laughs) do you remember how did you remember the whole not my president anti-bush sentiment from 2004 no you don't remember any of that you listened to good charlotte you listened to notes to simple plan did you not like uh they didn't i don't think they had big anti-bush songs but i lived in florida I don't see what that could... Oh. (laughs) So let's get into these lyrics. Let's get into these lyrics. Dead Horse lyrics. No, not Dead Horse by Guns N' Roses. Sick of this life. No, not that you'd care. I'm not the only one with whom these feelings I share. Let's just switch this to uh, the Guns N' Roses song, Dead Horse. What do you think? Sure. I, I don't think I've ever heard it. I don't know that I've heard a Guns N' Roses song that isn't Sweet Child of Mine. Huh? <laughs> Just TVH. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. This song sucks. <laughs> Is this Guns N' Roses? Yes. No way. This Is this a song or is this MTV Unplugged? No, this is from uh, the the those that really big double. This is from Use Your Illusion One. This sucks. <laughs> I tried getting into. Whoa! I skipped ahead two minutes. I don't know. I tried listening to Guns N' Roses. I I don't get it. I don't get it. What do you think? You think Reliant K and Guns N' Roses fans have big crossover? Could be. So let's so let's get into the lyrics for. Uh, The only thing worse than betting on a dead horse is beating one. Just listen to the politician wishing his position wasn't missing. Everything his heart would like to say. And a constant in the Constitution. Ooh, this is a real political song. He's mentioning the Constitution. Is that there can't be one solution. It'd be so far from the truth. And we would hate it anyway. Opinions are immunity to being told you're wrong. Paper, rock, and scissors, they all have their pros and cons. So this is kind of like, this is, I think this is it. This is like a, this is kind of a mix of like a political apathy and maybe like a centrist view. (laughs) But not the bad centrist view. Maybe centrist is too 
politically charged uh, word now as well. But it's just like everybody's a, everybody's <laughs> Lion King your favorite centrist rock band. Yeah. <laughs> this is really just like an everybody's wrong and everybody's right kind of song, which happens like other than by 2016, where one song, one side is very, very, one side is, <laughs> one side is very, very wrong. <laughs> By 2016, one side is completely wrong all the time, and the other side is wrong and right. But I would say in 2004, yeah, it's like it's just it's very burn. It's a very, it's very like overwhelming to be like to think that like one party has the right answer all the time because then you can't. It's just so overwhelming, and it's just so difficult to side with one party, one view, one constituency one politician's view and i think the fact that like people had to i think that's what got us to where we are now <laughs> you know what i mean like the the real vitriol and the real poison and all the problems we have with politics and society now i think it really starts setting its roots at the how it's been setting its roots for generations and generations there's no difference they're like watching nixon documentaries and you know i don't know born on the fourth of july and stuff and like things haven't changed like the left sucks, the right sucks, everybody sucks, the centrists suck, everybody sucks, everybody's wrong, nobody's absolutely right. And everything sucks when you're gone. So that is just, this is just a political burnout song. This is, I think this is just a, I thank you very much for quoting MXPX on this very special MXPX week when their new album's coming out. Um, if, uh, if I'm very scattershot in trying to explain this song, I think that's the sentiment of the song. I think it's just a song about burnout with dealing with the world politically and being like, like, I don't see anybody getting it right. Any, everybody gets it wrong all the time. Help me out. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> nodding along with you. And then I was pulling up the, uh, the genius to see if we had any annotations because we do. <laughs> Good. Let's let the geniuses save me. So, oops, oopsie daisy. Just listen to the politician wishing his position wasn't missing everything his heart would like to say annotation two contributors this politician isn't really saying what he wants to instead he's being forced to speak from a platform that he doesn't care about or doesn't agree with and we are supposed to listen to him while he spews out nonsense yeah absolutely correct i mean that's what politics is it doesn't matter what side you're on that you have to say what you expect to be to have said in order to win. Very, there's no like pure politicians. I mean, there's been very few pure politicians, and a lot of the ones who are the purest really don't win because they mm-hmm. don't because like most of the voters on all sides are dummies who just want to hear what they want to hear. Look, no truly good person wants that kind of power. Let's face it. That's you the other have thing, yeah. to be kind of not nice in order to want that kind of power. We're not going to solve any issues here today, but yes, that is absolutely correct. Like if you want to go into politics, there's probably something wrong with you. <laughs> Uh, next annotation and a constant in the constitution is that there can't be one solution 
uh, annotation. The Constitution of the United States is not a complete document. Our founding fathers intentionally wrote it so it could be amended, allowing the U.S. government to respond to any issue that may arise through any means deemed necessary and proper. I'll click necessary and proper. Law, Cornell, necessary and proper clause refers to Clause 18 under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. It reads that Congress has the legislative power to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested by the Constitution in the government of the United States or in any department or office officer thereof you know we should do on patreon we should read the constitution absolutely not no one wants to pay to hear us read the constitution nobody wants to hear us america america uh so the next annotation and we would hate it anyway uh annotation if we settled on one accepted point of view of governance governance someone somewhere would find a problem with it and then they posted a picture that said, I'm so angry, I made a sign. It's a sign that says, I'm so angry, I made a sign. And there was a second, there was an annotation for, it'd be so far from the truth. Oh, sorry. Any interpretation of the law based so- solely on a single point of view would be inherently flawed due to the fact that legislation, whoa, say like overturning a very important court case this year, to the fact that the legislation would apply to numerous people with numerous vo- viewpoints. And while we're at it, if it's meant to be amended, let's get rid of that whole right to bear arms thing. (laughs) Fuck your guns. Pre-chorus, the only part that I can definitely tell what he's saying. Opinions are immunity to being told you're wrong. That's fun. Everyone says that all the time. Like, oh, that's just my opinion. And it's like, well, you're wrong. But also nobody says, like, nobody says opinions are immunity to being told you're wrong when you agree with the person who's saying it. But I do like to think here that Thiessen is pointing fingers at all parties. I do believe that when he says that, he's not just saying that about anyone who would have an opinion he disagrees with, but about anyone who has an opinion, including himself. You know, the one finger points out, four, three point back at you, and one thumbs pointed up at God. And the Spider-Man meme. And the Spider-Man meme, exactly. Paper, rock, and scissors, they all have their pros and cons. This next part is also annotated. And all of us, we will endure just like we always have. But you can't be too sure of how long this will last. Uh, So annotation, no matter how many times we have screwed up, even in politics, we have always bounced back and made ourselves stronger. That is true. And also uh, repeated history. And repeated history and set ourselves back. But we always go forward. I mean, I do believe, you know, despite the fact that I completely understand what I'm reading here as political apathy and burnout, that is, that's mainly the theme of this song and agreeing with that idea. I am an optimist. And I also, you know, obviously we know that Matt Thiessen is also a major optimist with all of his songs. I'm a major optimist and I do believe that things are better today than they have ever been. And I think when people say, like, things couldn't be worse, you are wrong. That is incorrect. Things can always be worse. And I don't think, like, when people get nostalgic about the past, like... Like, like, you know, the 60s and stuff. I'm like, like, it was like, you know, police can legally shoot people now for, and then and not pay any consequence. 
but there was a time at least there at least nowadays they end up on the record people are aware of it there was a time where like it was just like you turn the dogs and the hoses on people of color and there's no repercussions and you don't even know what police officers did it and it's just completely institutionalized like there were so many worse problems with race back then and we are we at times set back we had time with certain administrations we set back from the progress we've already made and that's painful but i don't see that we've actually set so far back like we could continue to slide backwards and things could become worse and worse and worse. But I don't think things have ever become as bad as they were 40 years ago. Things have not become as bad as they were 100 years ago. Things have not become as bad as they were 500 years ago. I am an optimist and I believe that things have always gotten better. And I think things are the best now that they've ever been in a lot of ways, which is why it's frustrating for people who see that we're so close to achieving, you know, understanding real unity real acceptance like really uh equality when we're when we're so close to true equality it feels like it's in reach today more than it ever has so you want to keep going towards that goal and when certain groups set us back that's frustrating it's because like we as a society we're we feel so close yeah, yeah so to get pulled back it feels so bad but I do believe that even when we're pulled back, we're still closer to the finish line than we were 20 years ago, than we were 30 years ago, than we were 600 years ago. So I'm definitely a political optimist in that way, even though I'm complete, I completely understand what the viewpoint of this. And, you know, I'm more liberal today than I've ever been before, but I still understand the point of view that, like, I don't see the like the Democrats have all the correct answers. I do. I do believe in liberal causes and liberal point of view and everything. But it's just like I still don't I don't you know, it's funny, just like my my political views have changed so much from when I was raised in a very conservative household. And we were never we weren't like we weren't evangelical Christian, but my parents were still very conservative politically, not like so they weren't socially conservative, but they were very politically conservative. So I was raised with that political viewpoint on conservatism, just not that social viewpoint on conservatism. So it's like, even as my outlook on life and my understanding of other people, and I try to understand people that I haven't, don't have a personal connection to their cause, like hear about someone's cause and be like, well, I don't know anyone that's from your cause, but I believe you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It shouldn't have to affect you to believe you. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually think it's like worse when people, uh, I'm all over the place now, but I think it's worse when someone's like, I believe in uh, equal marriage for LGBTQ because my daughter, my son is gay. Like, well, that's so sad that it took a close family member for you to understand that right. and that you couldn't just understand that from Before, outside of yeah. yourself. So even as I start to have, over my life, leaned more left, I still don't feel like I have a political party that I can trust. There's one political party I know I don't trust. (laughs) They tried to overthrow the election a couple years ago. But I still don't trust the Democrats either. Like, I don't have a political party. I've never really felt like I did. And if I ever did feel like that, it was just through proximity to my parents being republican i was like oh yeah republicans we vote for republicans yeah uh the chorus the first line of the chorus is also annotated if you want to 
read that. Because we control the chaos, which is obviously a reference to Shadow the Hedgehog and his amazing power, Chaos Control. So let's see what the annotator has to say about Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow the Hedgehog is a character that was first premiered in the game Sonic Adventure 2. The it power of, cha- of change rests in the hands of the people more than we realize. The decision between anarchy and harmony rests not on the president, not on the Congress, not on the police, but on the hands of the people. We choose whether to conform or to revolt against the societal norm, the societal norm. This is the best uh, genius annotation page in all of Reliant K's discography. It's the most reasonable. Right. It's the most, uh, like, on point. <laughs> the water cooler's on now. <laughs> I'll go turn that off. So, yeah. I mean, this is a fun song. <laughs> oh, did you finish with the with the lyrics? Yeah, and then that's it, right? So then the layer, the the chorus is, and it ends on the chorus. It's funny to even call this a chorus. Yeah. Verse, pre-chorus, chorus. I wouldn't even think of it that way. I think it was just like three verses. Yeah. Because it's just like a poem. It's not really a verse, chorus, verse song at all. Because we control the chaos in the back of our minds. Our problems seem so small, but they grow on us like gravity. But gravity still makes us fall. There's definitely something deep in there with the gravity reference. <laughs> I don't quite feel like unpacking it precisely because I'm already a little uh, worn out trying to talk about the political part of this song. But let's let's yeah, see. let's I, see. What we... I was a little bit too exhausted for this song this week. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Tonight I'm just like, uh huh. Our problems uh-huh. seem so small, but they grow on us like gravity. Our problems seem small, but they continue to grow on us. Like gravity. And gravity is an absolute. Gravity is an absolute law of nature. So, but and gravity still makes us fall. They're clearly just referencing John Mayer's song, Gravity. I'm just kidding, <laughs> because that, that song had not come out by the time this album came out. So, I mean, yeah. So my point of view is that this song, it's not a pro-Bush song. I don't think it's a pro-Bush song. And I don't think it's an anti-Rock Against the Bush song. But I do think it's a reaction to the atmosphere, the climate in the pop punk sphere of the Rock Against Bush thing, which was very prevalent in 2004. And I don't think maybe I don't I wonder if people who kids who kind of get into pop punk now or I mean, maybe they're not as aware of the anti Bush stuff because the Trump stuff has so vastly overshadowed that there was all of this stuff with people who were like wow bush just seems so much better now bush committed terrible crimes every president commits terrible crimes obama committed terrible crimes they all have to do that as the president but like when trump was being trump everyone was like wow bush seems like the nice old grandfather who paints pictures now compared to that so it's like quaint when you think in the back of our minds, our problems seem so small. Like our problems with Bush seem so small compared to our problems with Trump. Mm-hmm. And like maybe that's kind of what, I don't know that that's exactly what uh, Thiessen was uh, being fortuitous about. But to think like, yeah, our problems seem like problems now. And our pro- the problems were big. Like people, you know, kids were going off to die in Iraq for... Not a lot of good reasons. Based on a lie, there were no weapons of mass destruction. But it's like, still, the problems seem so small over time. 
And will the problems of what happened from 2016 to now, will they ever seem small? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> will they ever shrink? There's some, some people got some problems now in Georgia. We'll see how that goes. You know what I mean? I do. Come Why on, we Jessica. Go ahead and take our I married you that. for your political points of view, and you just <laughs> dropped them all once we got married. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. New episodes are released every other week, but you don't have to wait that long to hear more from us. You can join patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins Pod to listen to our bonus episodes every alternate week. When you sign up, you'll get access to years of backlog episodes, including our discussions of the songs from Relying K is for karaoke, every chapter of the book, The Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind, as well as other projects and features from members of Relying K. You'll also have access to live streams of us watching fan content on YouTube and many other topics. When you sign up, you'll receive a welcome letter with guitar picks and stickers. And by making a lifetime contribution of $60, you'll be eligible to earn a special Patreon-exclusive shirt. You'll also get thanked on every episode, like our current patrons who include... Charity, Samantha H. Number 1, Samantha H. Number 2, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Michael, Jimmy Pod, This Might Be a Podcast... Tucker and Brady. Even if you don't want to sign up for the Patreon, you can still join the conversation by contacting us with your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Relying K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE, or by sending an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. There aren't a lot of guarantees in life, but I can guarantee one thing. It's very hard to think of what to say at the end of these ad reads. Mm, True. Per usual, we have song meetings. They're just shoes on March 25th, 2007 said, quote, opinions are immunity to being told you're wrong is one of the most profound truths I have ever heard. Well, uh, that was very profound. I do feel like I've heard that from other people that that is like a bumper sticker. Right. That existed before Matt Thiessen put it in this song. The hook uh, on November 10th, 2004 said, for a second there, I thought Reliant K was going minor threat on us. LOL, silly me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did want to talk about that. So the sound of this song is the most hardcore punk I feel like they ever got. And there's a difference between hardcore, to me, and to a lot of people. I'm not the only, I've heard other people on podcasts and YouTube channels and things say this. There's hardcore punk and there's hardcore. And hardcore encompasses like a whole movement within music. There's all kinds of different hardcore bands. But then hardcore punk is punk music that is heavy and fast and often not melodic at all. This is the most and then you and then you have melodic hardcore which when I I believe when it started it was like well you take the non-melodic music hardcore punk and you start adding some more melody to it through instrumentation and not just like slamming on everything and you have more uh melodic vocals like uh the descendants and dag nasty and stuff like that 
But anyway, this is Reliant K actually kind of doing some like minor threat type stuff. Even and, I mean, NoFX was hugely inspired by the actual hardcore bands. NoFX started in the '80s. NoFX, I think, might be the exact same age as you, and they're breaking up this year. I think NoFX might have formed in '86. Gotcha. And NoFX is really close to almost being a first generation punk band. Like they just kind of missed the first generation. They just kind of start at this, like the cusp of the first to the second generation of punk. So um, they were hugely inspired by hardcore punk. So a lot of their songs really do, even though they have all these melodic elements in their guitar and in their vocals, they're still at times a hardcore punk band, despite being kind of a skate punk band. At, I mean, I don't think I don't think any NoFX fans want to hear that they're a pop punk band, but they definitely have pop elements. Maybe that's part of the reason why Tsum liked them so much. Drummer Girl on May twenty third, two thousand five said, "Does anyone know what the title has to do with the song?" And Fun Rocks on January twenty third, twenty fourteen, like nine years later, <laughs> responded, "Well, seeing as how they're a punk band, some of their titles don't really mean the same thing as the song itself." An example of this <laughs> classic punk move. An example of this is head first slide into Cooperstown on a bad bet by a fallout boy and you could probably find a few others like this on this album alone well there is a thing for some punk bands i think what they're actually saying is there's a thing for some punk bands to come up with a cool title and keep a file of cool titles and then that title has nothing to do with the song right i know a bunch of the songs on dude ranch are like that a bunch of the songs like uh, Dick Lips and uh, Untitled. That's the name of the song. <laughs> There's a couple of the songs on... I'm not going to bleep it. That's the name of the song. There's a couple of songs I remember from Blink-182's FAQ, like from before Enema of the State. That's how old I am. That's how early I was using the internet. Um, that you could... That There were a number of songs where they just like, we have this cool title and we have this song we wrote with no title, so we're just going to pair this title to this song. That's what I think they're referring to. However, I do think that the title of this song refers to something. Um, the only thing... It's a cute mixing of metaphors. The only thing worse yeah. than beating a dead horse is betting on one. It's a great little expansion of an existing turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. It's not even a mixed metaphor. He's just expanding an existing yeah. turn of phrase. So and and I think you could you could probably apply um, that to the political point of view in yeah. the song. Like he's saying like he's saying no side ever has the right answer 100% of the time. So he's saying like we yell at each other, we argue through political means, and we're beating a dead horse by going over the same points again and again and again. But we're also placing our bets on political parties. And the political parties are represented by animals, the elephant and the donkey. So the donkey is the closest to the horse. Is he saying something against the Democratic Party here? Wait, which one's the donkey? That's the Democrats. Yes. Uh, Sam underscore Rose 32 on December 29, 2005 said, I love this song. I like the idea about paper, rock, and scissors being the three branches of government. It could easily be... I, sorry, I just wanted to double check. Okay, no, it just happened to post twice. I was like, wait, did somebody else comment that? But the, this person just, their, their post posted twice. Okay. Uh, it could easily be the three branches of government. Or Sorry, I could see it being three branches of government. It could easily be about how the U.S. government not working 
for much longer. It isn't, isn't that how politicians are now? Late stage capitalism. Doesn't it seem like people in office are more concerned about their image and what yes. will get them reelected than yes. doing the right thing? What happened to fighting for what you believe? I wish the song was longer. It'd be a huge political statement, not just to the government, but also to society in general. I don't think if the song was longer, it would be a better statement. It's a perfect... I mean, that's the point of punk, is that songs are supposed to be short and to the point. So I think you expand it, and it just becomes beating a dead horse. So there's actually three pages of comments in here, but I'm just going to close it out with Donkey Kong 325 on March 25th, 2006. Take us home, Donkey Kong. Uh, I think that this song isn't so much political and more so using politics as a metaphor to Christian struggles in life. Nope. It's it's literally not that. It's literally not that. Thiessen explained it in 2009. It is a political song. Politicians control our country, but politicians can't or don't listen to their heart or someone else or else they won't get reelected. And no matter what the law is, someone is going to be pissed about it. Then it talks about opinions and how people are having different opinions and even if the opinion is wrong it can't be changed i think the paper rock and scissors refer to choices that (laughs) the holy trinity make in life and how they are always pros and cons then even with all of these problems life will continue to go on but we don't even they're not wrong (laughs) we don't even know how long life is going to be but you just can't be sure how long this will last we control all of these thoughts. These are not Christian-specific points of view. We control the chaos in the back of our minds. Uh, we think that these problems are small, but they aren't. Last three lines. Anyway, the world has all the, the all these problems today, and the only solution is God. He can fix these things, and we can't do anything about them. So what I really love about that comment is it starts with, I think this song is about a Christian point of view. And then he proceeds to give a non-Christian point of view. He just describes the way the world... He gives a very universalist viewpoint on how this song works. And at the end, he just throws in, and God. So it's funny that that's like the framework. Like, even if you're deeply, deeply in these thoughts that it's all about God, like every single little line of every Reliant K song is all about God... Like with a song like this, you can't, you end up just kind of falling into actually describing the song politically correctly, politically, you know, politically accurately, but then just throw, you have to throw in, and God's the answer. Tell me, Dan, There's do you actually, uh, do you actually post on song meetings as Andrew Doss Music? Because they replied to this comment oh boy. on July 25th, 2009 saying, dude, come on, just because they are Christian doesn't mean they are incapable of writing a song that is about something else. Yeah. That is such the wrong attitude. (laughs) Faith is good, but blind faith is no good. Blind faith is how people like Hitler get power. (laughs) Well, I mean, yes, but throwing in the throwing in the h bomb just to be like yeah cuz don't be like hitler there's a couple other people who are like this is it and oh yeah listen this person is right on in my opinion the second and person or the no first the person? first one okay uh oh some dark dark lighter 729 on june 1st 2011 asked is the reference is the title reference to a phoenix to the phoenix tx song lol oh Let's look that up. 
Uh, are you looking it up or you want me to look it up? Uh, you can look that up. I only have 9% left. Phoenix TX Dead Horse. Let's see. <laughs> there is a Phoenix TX song called Beating a Dead Horse. So I'm sure that is just a coincidence from their second out al- from their second Phoenix TX album. I hate your can't stand your holding back, but I want to say so much more. Every day gets worse. I would just be listening to the song. <laughs> we have a blog uh, from called Snippets. Uh, snippets.wordpress. This is an album review, and I'm just going to skip on down to where they mention this particular song. Okay. Besides having an overlong title... Besides having an overly long title, the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one. Ends up being an awkward and odd song. I don't really get the meaning here. I think the song (laughs) is all about having different outlooks on life and where they will get us, but I'm not sure. The song races by and Tyson spits out the lyrics as it goes along. Even though This person might not just be familiar with punk music. Even though it's fun to listen to, this song isn't really that memorable and could have been scrapped it's only a minute 13 seconds well then why would you scrap it if it's only a minute and 13 seconds because they want more substance danny they're like we don't want we don't we don't want the 10 second tracks on here i really feel like that is <laughs> individual songs i really feel like that writer just literally isn't familiar with punk music they're like this song's really weird it's fast and he kind of screams and the guitar is loud and the drum beats are loud and he's singing about politics i don't understand why they came up with this style of music Cooper, do you like punk music? No. No, I don't like anything you like. I won't like anything you like. Ska's dumb. Ska sucks. Then over on newreleasetoday.com, we have we have some little mini album uh, user reviews. Okay. Uh, so posted on July 11th, 2007... Uh, Art 10 wrote, Reliant K axed its old image and created a new one, minus a guitarist, plus two, bringing the lineup to five. Gone are the... That's not for this album, though. I mean, well, yeah, gone are the direct mentions of God opting to... What? Opting to... What? Whoa, 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 whoa. See, now, which, this is too far in the other direction. Which album do you think you're reviewing, sir? Gone are the direct mentions of God opting to design lyrics to mean either God or a girl, depending on what you figure it. Depending on what you figure it. Most Reliant K's core fans saw the move as a sellout and a uh, desertion of the band's roots. I don't think that's true. I don't think a lot. I mean, some fans probably some thought fans, that, but I, but wouldn't say a lot I don't think them. a lot, no. And aside from the fact that this album was recorded for goatee records it was not recorded for capital records like i'm sure anyone who heard about it on capital records first might have thought that but they wouldn't be real fans because they wouldn't have known it was recorded for goatee first departed are the pop culture references and in themes of in with themes of girls breakups forgiveness and reconciliation all of these things relying k has sung about before most notable though is the band's shift to a more pop punk and hard rock Uh, Not a shift. They've done that before. Have you heard Softer to Me? 
This time, the highlight is the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one. A thinking man's song. A lyrical tour de force. A summarization of politics. (laughs) The summer song of 2004. And a caution towards the future. Just listen to the political wishing... Just listen to the politician wishing his position wasn't missing everything his heart would like to say and the constant in the constitution is that yada 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 we all know uh he just like quotes the whole song uh the only problem with the album is there's little originality it's been done that said reliant k does it better with construction of songs and substance of messages conveyed overall a stellar rock album that fulfills with its well thought out finality I think that's probably uh that's probably a good stopping point for our deep dive today okay someone's texting me and saying that yes mxpx's first show after the festivals is gonna be with relying k next year interesting and it's mentioned in the toby morris podcast i scrubbed around the toby morris podcast and i could not find it as of the recording of this episode so maybe i'll have to listen to the whole episode uh tomorrow and see if I can find the confirmation of this. Anyway. What do you have for us, Dan? So, this is a punk rockin' song. So obviously they played it at the most punk rockin' festival. No, not when we were young. Warp Tour. They played this on Warp Tour. This is actually not a song that they played a whole bunch, surprisingly. Uh, I don't think that's surprising. This is a tongue twister. (laughs) Well, that's the thing about a song like this is you don't have to try too hard to actually sing it correctly because nobody can tell. (laughs) You have to Joey Ramone it. You're like, (laughs) 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 when you watch most performances of Blitzkrieg Bop, he's not going Blitzkrieg Bop. He's going (laughs) I like rented a, a, a Ramone's live. Was it Raw? Or one of those things. And we watched a whole bunch of different live clips of the Ramones. And he was just going, Bree, boop. So he didn't have to try that hard, but they did not play this a bunch. Of course, I guess they must have played it during the mm-hmm 10 a bunch. But I didn't bother going looking for those. Instead, I found these two different Warp Tour 2008 takes. And this first one is funny because during the sort of like um, breakdown part, the slowed down, like not as heavy rocking part, with the bass going in the background, Tyson quickly turns around and gets to the keyboard. But there's a little problem when he gets to the keyboard. So let's listen to this live performance. Okay, problem one with the performance of this, he has that, I don't know what you call it, is it a vocorder? Mm -hmm. Tyson has that secondary microphone that he had at some points in the late 2000s that you hold like this, kind of like a hamburger, (laughs) as opposed to a microphone that you hold like an ice cream cone. He had this other like square microphone that you hold like a hamburger, and he'd hold it against his face, and it would have that kind of more telephone 
uh, sort of effect on his voice. When he grabs that microphone, the sound guy is not ready, does not have that microphone on, so you don't even hear the first three lyrics of uh, Tyson spitting out this song. Then he'll get to the keyboard, and there's another mistake. So I think the keyboard was still set to something that they must have played before then. I don't know if they played like uh, In Love with the 80s or or like uh, one of those 80s covers. Sure. But I don't think that keyboard sound was meant to be what he ran to. <laughs> right. Ooh, they're about to play the scene and heard. Well, then, I don't know if this comes before that or after that, but they decide not to do the keyboard with this other Warped Tour performance. Instead, they have John Schneck do the Glock. So here's that. Nice. <laughs> here's the same tour with the same guys, but doing a different thing for the little slow. Let's down mosh part. to the Glock, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now his little hamburger yeah. microphone is working correctly. I don't think the effect is worth it. <laughs> I don't think the slightly tinny telephone-esque sound of the mic of the of the the little palm microphone is worth it. I think he should just be singing directly into the regular microphone. Well, clearly Tyson does. He's the artist. It's his art, so he can do what he likes. <laughs> Tired. We're pretty tired. We yeah, got a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a baby here. Yeah. Warp Tour 2008. We got a seven-week-old. We're he's very seven tired. He's seven weeks and he's beautiful, but he's very loud. <laughs> Someone just said I have to be. <laughs> so that one was in L.A. Um. Anyway, surprisingly, there are really no covers to speak of. That is not at all surprising to me. I, I was thinking there weren't going to be many, if I any, covers. I don't know why, like, a backyard band would 
just tried jamming out this song to be like, hey, let's do a punk song. Uh, we're not, my parents don't let me listen to NoFX or or Bad Religion. So let's do this, this, the like really they heavy. MXPX instead or something. They'd be like, Reliant K invented this thing called hardcore punk with the song <laughs> Dead Horse times two for you and me <laughs> and Baby Makes Three. And we'll do that song. But no, there's like no covers of this song. So there is a, a cover, there's a guitar cover, and that's it. But then there's this, so you know, you know this is my kind of thing. Oh boy. Oh my gosh, there's a... It's a Sonic a AMV. Sonic AMV. All kinds of different Sonics from all kinds of different animes and video games and American cartoons. Ooh, to celebrate their 100 subs, this uh, YouTuber. Look, right on. Sonic's the one singing the song. Oh, good he matched, the, he matched the lip flap. <laughs> they, I don't know who it is. The editor of this video matched all of Sonic's lip flaps to the song. Amazing. There are pros and cons. Wow. So- Sonic is a real centrist. <laughs> hey, man, centrism is radical. Good lord. <laughs> Nobody's got it right. <laughs> I don't vote for anybody, and that's my American right. Uh, there's a oh you know what I've never seen a Fortnite music video. Oh, we wow. always see all kinds of like old 2000s games like mm-hmm. uh, RuneScape and Maple Story and uh, Penguin Town or whatever that's called. <laughs> we always see people making machinima out of those games. This is the very first time I've seen a machinima you know YouTube video made out of Fortnite footage. This is uploaded by Peely P E E L Y. And it's just Fortnite stuff, and they actually, like, constructed all their little instruments oh, and wow. stuff. I didn't know you could do this kind of thing in Fortnite. That was very cool. Imagine if you're shooting your music video and then someone comes up and kills you. Yeah. Like, is there, like, a sandbox mode where you can have all right? the time you want? Plus, you know, it's always the little things always moving in, so you have to, like, move to the center of the thing yeah i played I, fortnite yeah. for like ha- an afternoon yeah i was like oh i'm good <laughs> i i kept picking i picked it up a couple times and was just like i am not good at this i'm good <laughs> i think the, the the only time i played fortnite i i fell out of the sky like you're supposed to yeah. i landed on an island i found a house i beat the house until it disappeared and then i turned the game off <laughs> like i didn't even wait for the match to end i just left the game I was like, I don't know what the goal is here, so I'm leaving. <laughs> um, yeah, and just, uh, just there's nothing really. There's nothing really. So everyone gets to go home early from this. <laughs> everyone gets to go. Everybody, we're letting you, class out you, early. You, we're letting class out early. You can all go. Oh, here's a, here's a weird one. This is a weird one. I'm trying to. There's a lot of weird stuff. That's the good. That's the main takeaway. I was gonna say the Sonic one wasn't weird enough. The the Sonic one is weird, but they just get weirder and weirder. It's like the the main theme of the YouTube content for this song is weirdness. It's like a one frame per second video of it must be some really old camera. It's someone doing a kayaking excursion, it and they found like, some seagulls. Oh, yeah. You'd think oh, oh, it's I still it was, photos. Yeah. You'd think it's still photos, but it's not. It's a video that seems to be exported at one frame per second. Yeah. So it might have been some really weak camera that they took out with them. Maybe the idea was you take video, 
you know, it happens on iPhone now. You take video and you can snap stills out of it. Right. But whatever this video, whatever this camera was 11 years ago, it's a one frame per second video of someone kayaking and looking at seagulls. Fun. <laughs> Very fun. That's uploaded by Collaborate Elaborate. of sparking a riot. We made the finish meatballs last night. What? Oh dear. So, and then we'll end on this. What <laughs> is it happening? So then I found this video by Streakalism? Streakalism? S-T-R-E-L-K-A-I-S-M This is just a video that happens to be called Beating a Dead Horse. And I'm pretty sure that this, this is from 12 years ago, but I'm pretty sure this is Oppenheimer. I'm pretty sure this is a clip from Oppenheimer <laughs> because it's what? Albert Einstein. It's like sort of Lego-ish looking CGI versions of Albert Einstein and uh, and the prince, the Queen of England, the Queen of England. It looks like they're on the moon. And they're on the moon yeah. next to the Moonlander, and they have the this risk conversation. of sparking a riot. We it's made the finished meatballs last night. Oh dear! How did it go down? <laughs> what with the knives and everything? No major injuries. And it wasn't awful. That's just the liquor talking. <laughs> <laughs> now they're looking around, and now the queen is doing a little dance. The queen's just doing a quiet little dance on Amazing. the moon. So this must be some sort of like prefabricated movie builder, and someone just put together some crazy nonsense. But I'm pretty sure this is a clip from Oppenheimer, and that's Barbie, right? That's Oppenheimer, <laughs> yeah. and that's Barbie. This is the original Barbenheimer. 100%. Text to movie, it said, or something. Text to movie. Wow. So what, I guess you just text something, and it creates a movie. It's called Extra Normal. The app is called Extra Normal, and it's from 12 years ago. Which, again, I recently realized for the first time that YouTube rounds down. YouTube rounds down. When something says 12 years ago, it really more mean, means like three years ago. When they say... <laughs> Good lord. Good freaking lord. When... <laughs> When YouTube says, "Wow, that is a lot." <laughs> when YouTube... I don't think that's even considered rounding down anymore. No, they round they round way up. When YouTube says twelve years ago, they mean thirteen years ago. When they say a video is two years old, they really mean it's three years old. They round down, and they shouldn't <laughs> round down because uh, there's right and there's wrong, and some people are right. And paper, rock, and scissors all have their pros and cons, but. YouTube shouldn't round down, and that is the platform that I am going with for my political campaign, and that's why we picked the song this week, because I'm announcing my candidacy for uh, governor of, of uh, what's one of those backward states? <laughs> so, Dan, do you like the song more or less or the same than before? I like it more. I do as well. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> It's really fired me up politically. I'm really ready to get out there. I'm really ready to get out there and uh, start fighting for some social justice. Nice. That's what I'm ready to do. That's how I feel every time I rewatch The West Wing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Jessica got obsessed watching The West Wing about 10 years ago. I think it was like 2012. You were watching, you were like binging The West Wing. And you're like, maybe I should have got a job in politics. And she actually kind of looked into it. And she's like, no, maybe not. No. Good. Uh, <laughs> not like as a politician, just like doing, I don't know, good stuff for like people. Like paralegal stuff? Whatever. I don't know, or, like assistant work well, or something? Whatever. 
Uh, thank you all for listening. Clearly, we don't control the chaos here at Sadie Hawkins Pod. <laughs> Why would you want to control the chaos? <laughs> we're no Shadow the Hedgehogs. Oh boy, we can't go around. We can't go. We're not. We're not the Dingies. We don't have chaos control. <laughs> thank <a> you <laughs> for listening. Stay safe and healthy out there. <laughs> and remember to vote early and vote often. I know who the Dingies are. Thank you very much.